0: Kyoto Koto, this is Sam Scott from the Phoenix Foundation, and this is a sound purchase.
1: Alright. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've 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 not really got any preamble for today, I'm afraid, because um I've just been too busy to care about what's been going on in the world. So uh, any anything new or exciting you'd like to, to go through quickly or well, other than how great Tropic Thunder is, obviously.
0: Tropic Thunder. that's that's my goal for the next episode is to get a whole bunch of clips cut up for Tropic Thunder. Should,
1: the entirety of Tropic Thunder as <laughs> a soundboard.
0: Yeah, I'll just put it push the button. That that can be an episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course there's always good reference to Mellotron. All hail Mellotron.
1: All hail Mellotron.
0: And the roads where we're going, we don't need roads. Yep. that T-shirt should be out by now.
1: Oh, really? That quickly?
0: Well, but I'm thinking when this episode actually comes out.
1: Ah, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah.
0: yeah. we need to start bigging up the merch. The retro prints are going well. Because I brought two. In <laughs> <laughs> my family, best selling item.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. We've got new merch. Um, they're actually pretty good. You know, not that the old stuff wasn't, but um, I think they're pretty cool, and I don't think we're in any danger of copyright infringement or being sued.
0: No, because we changed the DeLorean logo to ASP for a yeah, sale purchase,
1: exactly. So, we're f- it's fine,
0: yeah, and it's our faces,
1: it's just different enough,
0: yeah. That Although no the text probably
1: ruins it. You can copyright a font, that is true, yeah. but eh.
0: We'll see. It'll Robert and might come after us.
1: We have to make some money for them to be able to say that we're uh, yeah. benefiting from it commercially. So, well, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, which we're, which we're not. Hmm. What's going? On? What's up with that, people? You you should be sending us all your money for the great jobs that we do here, and you're just not. You know, it's it's disheartening. It's it's you no. people. <sighs> People. Is that going to be used a lot by any chance?
0: Well, maybe. It depends if I can, if I can use it enough to get you to this point.
1: <laughs> the boiling point. is <laughs> enough to get me to the boiling point. It's not the same when you can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just like him taking off his glasses and turning around for every single one.
0: (laughs) Have you ever listened to it like a full Randy Savage promo?
1: I don't think I've got it in me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've I've listened to like four or five this evening, uh, looking for (laughs) things to cut up, and it's like. He just does these peaks and then back down and peaks and back down. And it's like, shout, 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 whisper, whisper, whisper. Shout, shout,
1: shout, whisper, whisper, whisper. That was the thing. That was the thing back in the 80s and 90s, yeah. you know? Maybe I should start watching these before I go to the gym. Oh, yeah. i the mm.
0: champion by myself. All by myself. <laughs> there you go. Ah. <laughs> you can just recite oh.
1: that in the mirror. Me and uh, Well, it's me and I go with Dick Payne, attorney at law. I I don't need uh,
0: to. I don't need to know about what's going on with you and
1: your Dick Payne, attorney at law. He's a good egg, fine wine connoisseur, weekend matador.
0: Because it's mind-boggling to you, yeah.
1: Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. I was going to do like a cool quiz thing to do with queens over the ages, but um, I I just haven't had time. I've been. I know. I was saying I've been awake since some ungodly hour, but I didn't want to come into my office and start writing a quiz. I thought I'd put my efforts into going back to sleep. So, unfortunately, no game show today. Sorry. Oh, I can ask you, like, basic general questions, like, um, but I'm not going to. Like, who were the two most talented members of Queen, for example? Just Queen
0: or Queen's of the Stone Age? Just Queen. Just Queen. The most talented member of Queen has to be...
1: The two most talented members.
0: Well, okay, one of them... Definitely has to be Paul Rogers and the other one,
1: You it. can't see me, people, but I'm nodding in agreement yeah, yeah. <laughs> about Paul Rogers.
0: Adam, I can't remember what, Adam Lambert. There you go. Adam
1: Lambert. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. The two... Uh, the two replacements. Yeah, the two replacements are definitely the two most talented. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um,
0: but actually, we know it's John Deacon and Brian May. Is it Brian May? Oh, Brian May is wicked.
1: Definitely John Deacon. I Definitely
0: I, John Deacon. I mean, Roger Taylor's the man as well, don't get me wrong. And Freddie Mercury, obviously.
1: Roger but... Taylor, if he was in any other band, would probably be the singer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good, a good point. He's got a good voice. He's yeah. a really good singer. But he's in
0: Queen, so... <laughs> and he always struck me as like one of the members of Duran Duran as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of always had that feel to him.
0: He had that kind of, uh, that brushed blonde hair. And he's a better singer than Simon Le Bon, so it kind of
1: works, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there you go. So that was my Queen quiz. I hope you all loved it. 10 out of 10 for Stefan. Um, well done. I'll send you a prize in the post. It's just going to be a party popper, but for safety's sake, I will have had to have popped the popper first. Oh yeah, so it will just be the contents of a party popper. Well. if yeah, okay, right. Cool. Well, let's let's crack on. So, Queens of the Stone Age, Songs for the Deaf, two thousand two. Let's have a little little bit of context. Obviously, uh, Queens of the Stone Age formed by guitarist and only consistent member Josh. Is it Homie Hom? Home. Joshua Hummy, Homus. Home. Joshua Hummy, Home. Joshua Hummy. Yeah. Josh. I think it's Homie. Uh, yeah. Josh, homie? I'm, I might just stick with Josh. I've, yeah. I feel like, you know, we've got a special connection. We both have names that start with a J. So he hmm. lives in a desert. I like eating desserts. You know, it's. Um, there we go. You know, two peas in a pod, really.
0: He's got ginger hair. You were in a band
1: with a kid with ginger hair. Exactly. Exactly. It yeah. could have been his illegitimate son. Could have been. Yeah, so Josh Homme,
0: self-help dodo Joshua Homme,
1: mm-hmm. Josh Hummus. in 1996 in California's Palm Desert. Former, I think most of the people who were in the original lineup were probably in Caius as well.
0: Well, Nick Oliverio definitely was.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a sad day when he left the band, but um, he did return. He did for a brief period. Yep, but I do for think song. yeah. <laughs> For the deaf. Oh, it was. I, I kind of feel like when he left, it was a bit of that's where it st- they started to get a little bit in eh, air. Like, Nullabies to Paralyze, I thought was all right. Wasn't anything to write. Era Vulgaris had like three good songs on it, I thought, and a couple of like all right stuff, and it just was generally very near. Eh. And then Mark fucking Ronson. <laughs> and I, was there another album that I've missed out? Yeah, I feel like there was another one. Yeah, but... yeah,
0: there was there was the other one that had the Oliverian Grohl reunion. Mm. Was that like Clockwork? I think that one was. I can't remember. I'll just throw it out there that the day that this band died for me was when the drummer left. Now I can't remember his name.
1: What, Dave Grohl.
0: No, the guy that kind of basically replaced Dave Grohl.
1: Oh, it uh, was it Gene Troutman.
0: No. And it wasn't Gene Parmesan either.
1: Oh, he did like the European leg of the tour, didn't he? Like same with Troy Van Leeuwen. Yeah, yeah. Troy Van Leeuwen joined during this tour and then he became long-term.
0: I'm going to have to look it up. Joey Castillo. Ah. Yeah. Yep. 2002 to 2012. Now, I've seen uh, Quatza live. Mm. They uh, actually opened up when I went to see the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, nice. That was a pretty
1: backwards, but...
0: pretty decent evening because, uh, you know, I, I am a Smashing Pumpkins fan. But uh, mm. yeah, I feel like the, the headline set of like two hours didn't do the Smashing Pumpkins many favours. And the support act set of like a Type 45 or whatever it was did the Queens of the Stone Age all the favours in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you flipped it, and Queens of the Stone Age did the two-hour set, then they would be in the worst position.
1: It, once again, if they were doing more of their more modern stuff, definitely probably. Well, this was this was around era vulgaris. I mean, like Queens of the Stone Age, great album, Rated R, great album. But we're getting sidetracked already. Um, I've not seen them live. I wanted to go see them. They were, I forget what they were playing. They were being supported by the '80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster, Ooh. who are my favorite band of all. Well, they're. Their first album is pretty much my favourite album of all time. Yeah, I couldn't get a ticket; sold out. It's amazing
0: so, we haven't we haven't done that album on this on this show yet. Yeah, I was
1: yeah. I mean, it's the album's literally about twenty minutes long, so it'd be a pretty short. <laughs> it's, it's a really short album.
0: That's good. I think some of our listeners want short
1: episodes. Ah, uh, well. You know, we're not here to do that. If you want short episodes, go back to the first few that we did and just listen on repeat. Chop them up if you like and make them about other reviews, you know. Yeah. Do something creative with your time. Don't make us do all the work. Bloody hell. It's not like you're paying us, no. slackers. We're not bitter <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know, we don't have a Patreon, but God damn it, set us, Stefan, set us up a Patreon. Support us on Patreon.
0: I, well, we've got, a, we've got a Patreon-styled fan club, I guess, without it actually being Patreon. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, let's let's get back on it. So, so uh personnel-wise, a lot of people played on this album. Yes. Obviously the main band lineup was J- Josh Hummus, Josh Nick Oliveri, who we've mentioned on bass and vocals, mm-hmm. Dave Grohl on drums. There we go. And Mark Lanigan of um Screaming Trees. Yep. I want to say it was Screaming Trees. Yeah. Although really you can't he he was on like what, four songs? I just really, does that count, or is he just another guest member?
0: Well, friend of the show, Dean Wien was on like three of the songs. So
1: exactly, yeah. So he may as well have been. Well, um, what's his name? Alan, Alan 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 Johannes Johannes. Oh yeah, yeah. He played on four tracks,
0: and he and he helped with uh, some of the production as well.
1: He did some of the production. He did more than just a bit of singing as well. He, he did, what, lap still, mm. Ebo, organ, piano, flamenco, guitar, and pheromine. And he was one of the DJs.
0: But I, I've got a problem with people being, like, um, getting a separate credit for Ebo guitaring.
1: But it is kind of a big part of the songs that it's in. Well, the song, rather yeah, than it's in. But, it's like
0: you know, I've seen it a lot recently, people getting a lot of credits for Ebo. And it's like,
1: just... Also, it's kind of hard to not make it just sound a bit generic, and yeah, and I'll get to that when we talk about the ebo. Speaking of ebo, Natasha Schneider, uh, ebo, <laughs> organ, piano, and pheromone. Yep. Gene Troutman, drums. Tracks one and eight. Apparently, Dave Grohl just didn't want to do those two, uh, or I don't know if it was like additional drums or, or what, but it doesn't say percussion; it says drums. Dean Ween, guitar, tracks 6, 9, and 14. So those are the best tracks. The man, the hand, the land, that yeah, it was a pleasant surprise when I saw his name on there.
0: Yeah, uh. same for me. I was sat there and went, <laughs> yeah. this album's like, ah, album just yeah. got so
1: much better. That just bumped it up like two spots. Yeah, easily. <laughs> <laughs> easily. And
0: then, then you listen to some of the songs that he's on and it's like, Ah, oh, that's really good. I can actually hear Wayne <laughs> like, in this, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really... Basically, I mean, I will name any of you, but effectively this is just a Desert Sessions album mm. that they put the Queen's of The Stone Age name on.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: But anyway, let's keep it go. So Brendan McNichol, guitar on track eight. Chris Goss, guitar, keyboards, backing vocals. Chris Goss, Paz, Len, Chantin... Lenchantin, Lenchantin, they'll say Lenchantin, Strings, tracks two and four, Anna Lenchantin, Strings, tracks two and four, Molly Maguire, Accordion, John Gove, Horns, Kevin Porter, Horns, Brad Kincher, Horns, all track 14. Mm. Obviously, some of these guys did the various radio DJs or the station ads and stuff going on throughout the album. Mm -hmm. Because that's right, folks, it's a kind of a not-quite-concept album, but it is kind of a little bit it's basically a drive through the Calif- a road trip through the california desert from um somewhere to joshua tree I up! uh i started listening to the u2 one so obviously we had ai jake in for that yeah. so um he's learning more words people yeah
0: um, yeah i just need to keep building up the bank don't i
1: yeah pretty much Yeah. Oh, I've uh, just double-checked the producer's stuff. It wasn't Alan, Alan! who produced it. Uh, the album was produced by Adam Casper and Eric Valentine. Although um, Mr. Hummus has claimed that Valentine didn't really do a lot of producing and was more just there as an engineer and mixer. Oh. The album was recorded between something like four studios?
0: Something like that. And none of them were Rancho, uh, Rancho Delo, Del Luna. No,
1: not one. I not just one. absolutely
0: slaughtered that name. Rancho Del Luna. Or is it Rancho De Luna?
1: I yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's one of them. It's one of them. Yeah. see, yeah. As I mentioned before, a lot of these had actually been previously recorded and released as a Desert Sessions. Doesn't matter because the best, obviously, the best Desert Sessions track of all time is Shepherd's Pie. And I'm still waiting for the official Queens of the Stone Age release of Shepherd's Pie, but I I can't see it happening anymore. Can you?
0: I don't know. Yeah, uh, they're clutching a bit. Can I take a moment here? Yeah, Josh. Josh Hamas. Josh Rahami. There's something about this guy that bugs me, big time. <laughs> In the sense of like, I want to like him. Everything about mm. him is screaming out like, "I'm your man. I'm the dude. I I know what I'm doing. I'm a I'm a living legend." But uh, he's got this kind of auteur attitude, and it's similar to Jack White, where I just I just can't like them. Do you know what I mean? That's fair. I love the music that they make sometimes. I'll just pre- preface that with sometimes. or Sorry, that's not a preface, but yeah.
1: He was pretty funny in Toast of London. Were they? Yeah. Was I, I burned
0: through most of that so quick. I can't really remember much of it.
1: Go back and watch it. Yeah. He was in
0: it. Clem yeah. Fandango. <laughs> but yeah, I, there's something about him where it's like, and I sound like an absolute... Toss is saying this, but he's almost too trendy for his kind of I'm not that trendy persona.
1: It's the hair. He's he's certainly become, a, I think, a more like that over the years. Yeah. Because when you go back, like look at some of the older videos, it's, it's like just like him, guitar, shirt, Looking fairly normal, yeah. And then as it's gone on, he's got yeah, like trendier clothes and like he's weird guitars for the sake of having a weird guitar. Yeah,
0: and, that, and that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And then the music is kind of following in that in that footstep as well, of like it's slowly morphing into trendier and trendier to the mm. point where they get. I still can't look at the camera because I'm so goddamn awkward, Mark Ronson. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I do have to say the Motor Avenue Belairs, though so that big guitar of the filter trunks he's got, they are pretty cool. Mm. But, and we've actually got Alan uh, Johannes to blame for him having that guitar. Oh, really? Because he saw it in a shop and he's like, you're mine? And then uh, Mr. Hummus looked at it and went, ooh, that looks nice. I'll have one too. Fair
0: enough. And not as
1: he got like a, you know, weird obscure guitar. He stole the the idea for the weird obscure guitar of someone else. So, uh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So we talk about jazz at Sessions. Dave Grohl. Drums. Yeah, did the that recording thing where you just do all of the drums with no cymbals, with just like pads for the cymbals. And then you go in and you've got like a dummy snare and pads on the toms and then you just do the cymbals and then they just blend it all together. And then you get very tight sounding. Uh, it was a very small room apparently, so very right. close mic, so very tight sounding kit. And then, yeah, you, you don't have all the bleed over from the cymbals. You can kind of mix them all however it is you want to do it. It's pretty cool. Apparently, a right pain in the ass to do because obviously, uh, you've got to get it pretty much spot on. Yep. Fortunately, though, he's, he's Dave Grohl. Um. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Well, and the the thing the thing is as well is that he's he strikes me as a bit of a rehearsal drummer, in the sense that he likes to figure out his parts and he doesn't stray too mm. far away from them.
1: No, there's a really cool um, documentary of the making of the Killing Joke album that he played drums on. And Asteroid. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. They'd recorded all of their parts, and he, I think they did the drums last. So he was just sat there in the room, just, just working everything away. out. Just no, well, no, not even with the drum kit on. He was just sat in the control room with a, his pen and paper, Oh really? jotting down notes on what he was going to do. So yeah, I think you're spot on when you say. Yeah. It's just to do that. it's
0: the way that his you know even back in like Nirvana, them Crooked Vultures those sorts of gigs that he's been doing it's the parts are just very well worked out most of the time and mm. kind of if he if he was to stray too far from it and start doing a bit of a Stuart Copeland or a Carter Beaufort, the whole song would collapse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Obviously, this album was critically acclaimed at the time, Mm. uh, more or less across the board. But does it still hold up?
0: Well, that's what we're here to find out.
1: Exactly. Right. Let's have a listen. Right. Okay. So,
0: can I can I stop you there? Sorry, I, yeah. had, I had a little bit of context myself this time round. Oh, you've
1: got a bit of context as well. A little bit myself. Let's oh, let uh, rewind. <laughs> if you could re, if you could still play the entirety of the superset and then rewind it again.
0: <laughs> so. I've always associated kind of the music of this band with the cars in the desert but I've never mm. put two and two together in the sense of they've got this kind of pseudo concept album happening. Mm. I'd never even done that until I started researching this album. Really? For this episode. So like I always just thought oh okay that's their thing they've they've got the kooky kind of radio shows on there. Never Mm. even thought of it as a concept album before. Because even if you think of like Go With The Flow, No One Knows, there's not that much linking those songs thematically. Then you go out there with like the Mosquito song and it's like, (laughs) how Mm. does this link into a concept? It's not a very tight-knit concept, but it's a concept nonetheless and it works.
1: Yeah, but I think as well part of that is going to be just the sheer number of people they have playing on the album. That too. That and I think that's kind of kind of helps as well. With with a lot of like stoner desert rock stuff, mm. it can get a bit samey. Oh yeah, and if because a lot of it is just one chord, yeah, or two chords. You know, prime example: feel good hit of the summer. Yeah, yeah it, it's like one chord and then a quick uh, with the occasional da-da, yeah. you know. The, the, the semitone. <laughs> like semi-tone the passing semitone, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it kind of plays to, into their favour that it is a little bit eclectic, eclectic guess,
0: Yeah, or, yeah. Well, whilst you're there, a previous record had one of the best jam songs ever. And uh, when we were jamming in Shamu, apart from Higher Ground, this was another one that would go into a lot lot. and just relentlessly not stop. But why not? Because it's it's fun song to play. It's fun. It's the feel-good hit of the summer. It is. That's right. And uh, like the lyrical content of Feel Good Hit of the Summer, a lot of this record actually centers around drug use and alcohol abuse. Yeah. At face value, the songs are pro-drugs and booze. <laughs> <laughs> Digging deeper, though, they are bitter statements against them. It's almost like homie or Hummus or Joshua whoever is playing the pastiche of a rocker being drugged up by affirming that, yeah, drugs are good. But at the same time, he's showing that he's wise to their ways. Quite proud of that last bullet point. I came up with that myself. Very nice. At least I think I did. I might have done that. Actually, I might have paraphrased someone else's like vlog or something, but
1: yeah. It's a paraphrase, that's fine. That means yeah. you came up with it. Cool. Um, all right, so let's jump in with track number one. We're going to sing a song about drugs. No, we're not. Oh, secret surprise bonus track right from the start. So back in the day, old school non-digital CD players, you could rewind them, like physically rewind them. So there was actually, you could rewind track one past zero, zero, zero right. and go into negatives. And I think it was like at minus one minute 13, you got the true song for the deaf, which I've never heard because I only found out about it while researching for the yeah. album. Me too. Huh? Why? There you go. So that's track one, but it's not really because it's before track one. And I don't know if it's been made onto later releases. Worth pointing out as well, we are not going to be talking about the bonus tracks that came with the version of the album that I've always had, which is the UK version. I don't know what version you would have had when you were younger, Stefan, or if you if you owned a copy of the album when you were younger. Or I didn't own one, but I had one. Was it the UK? Was it the Japan version? Japan had another version as well. Uh,
0: I think I can't mine, mine ended with the Mosquito Song, right? So I've never of, understood why yeah. they call that a hidden track because that always came up on the track listing. Should we we'll discuss that when we get there?
1: Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it when we get there, okay? Right, so track one You Think I Ain't Worth a Dollar, but I Feel Like a Millionaire. Powerful opener. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously, starts out with us, starts our road trip by us you know, we just sat in the car, we just find a radio station to tune into, and we get clone radio.
0: <laughs>
1: they play the songs that sound more like anyone else than anyone else. More like everyone else than anyone else? I forget. I always skip this bit because I just want to get straight yeah, into the exactly. song. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's it's cool when you first listen to it and then after that it's just like, ugh. Yep. And I'm going to say this throughout, after this one, obviously they couldn't do it for this one, but um, I'm very appreciative of the fact they put all of the radio stuff at the end of the songs. Yeah. I, I am yeah, super yeah, yeah. appreciative of that.
0: So you don't have to go into it every time. Yeah.
1: Whoever thought of that, um, I, I tip my hat to you. That was, thank you. Yeah. And he sets up the concept, uh, kind of, I guess, for the album, it's a saga for your drive-time commute. So while Kip, our uh, DJ, Kip Casper, is uh, finishing up, drums come in, just driving hard with the... I always get these the wrong way around, a a high-pass filter.
0: What's the saga? It's songs for the deaf. You can't even hear it.
1: Basically, it's got the radio sound, you yeah, know. Yeah,
0: that's what I. That's yeah. My first the radio note. filter, radio
1: tone, joined by radio tone guitar, and then big scream, bang, wah! Nick Oliveri just putting his his throat on the line for us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that again. Have you seen him playing it live since he left the band? It's not the same. He just sings it. Oh, really? It's like, it's got none of the balls to it anymore. It's just like, oh, man. Like, I appreciate it. Your, your voice is your, your income, but um, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. You know, at least try. Yeah, riff, really simple, really cool. Just big, in your face. Mm. It's not the best opening to an album ever, but it's it's definitely up there.
0: Yeah. If you got rid of the radio segment,
1: it, it would pump it, would. it up to yeah. be a contender. But the radio segment is there, so yeah, you know we have to take it as as it is. Because this really gets you in the zone. Yeah, it's, it's proper. It's a
0: heavy hitter. Pumps per you se. up.
1: Yeah, lots of cool stuff going on with the vocals in the verse. So there's a lot of changing in dynamics and going between the screaming and a more soft sort of. I just use the term soft very. Uh, yeah.
0: I, <laughs> I had a question about that. <laughs> I always assumed that it was it was uh, Josh Hommas singing the, um, the, give me Toro, give me some more. But yeah. the, all the screaming, of course, doesn't.
1: No, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's all Oliveri. Wow. Give me Yeah, softer stuff, going back to the screaming. They've got these cool panned, whispered vocals mm. going on mm. to like throughout it as well. Very cool. Say the guitars keep it relatively simple for the first verse, you know, a few little licks that they throw in. And it's kind of got an instrumental chorus. I don't know if I'd call it a chorus because the chorus is kind of the gimme toro, gimme some more. It could be a refrain. That's kind of a, yeah, a refrain. That's a word. Yeah. So let's go with that. it's kind of yeah just a brief refrain between relentless screaming and say rec- third time around kind of shakes it up the the guitars get a lot more you know embellishy mm-hmm. there's some cool harmony stuff there's a lot of cool guitar harmony stuff throughout this album mm. you know channeling iron maiden the eagles and um oh, Thin Lizzy. How dare you their powers combined
0: How dare you you can't <laughs> just skip over the eagles <laughs>
1: But yeah, yeah, like some sort of Voltron of harmony. Oh, nice, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> the vocals do a kind of cool. They're kind of doing what an egg
0: shaker would do. Yeah, I guess so. They're almost percussive in a way.
1: Yeah, well, it's not doing any vocals at that point. It's it's purely just like a, you know, how you might like to do a cha, but it's not that. It's something much better.
0: I think it's really cool to do yeah the percussive vocals
1: like that. No, it's not something you get a a whole lot of. You don't get a really? lot of it
0: with the uh, with uh, James Hetfield for instance.
1: <laughs> well, you would have to just place the chis with yeah. Or the friend. tick 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 down Yeah. It'd yeah. yeah. be such a good song if the snare didn't suck. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we've got to talk about this. We all know I'm. I'm a big fan of the full stop. Mm. I, I'm a massive fan of the full stop, and I think it might actually come down to this album, where I, I kind of was first became like, yeah, the full stop, and boy, do, do they have a full stop? They do. And if you've not heard the album before, and it gets you, you think, yeah, that was a good song. Oh, what?
0: Uh, they do. They do that quite a few times. I mean, not necessarily a complete to abrupt stop degree. like this one. The next song, especially, like there's a couple of moments where it's like, oh yeah, that's the that's the end, and then it's like, oh no, the bass is still going. A really good false stop that links to this is by the Foo Fighters in their song "In Your Honor" off the album "In Your Honor." They do this full on like stop, and then Dave Grohl just comes screaming back in. Like literally just going, ah! with everybody going crazy. It's pretty decent.
1: We don't get a full screen when we come back in in this song. No. We get like a. Oh!
0: Oh! Yeah, well that that's also another <laughs> cool way to to come back in though. <laughs> that's yeah. It's it's a bit different. It's a bit of a different like that's kind of you know almost like sex appeal. Just the the little. There's not enough
1: grunting in music. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Whereas Dave Roll (laughs) screaming over the top is just like that kind of burst out. It's it's worth a listen for for those of you that like full stops like Jake does.
1: I think people think the grunt is a little bit uh, cliched, but um, I disagree. I think it's a a powerful statement to make
0: when done right. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And then it just kind of goes around a few more times. We get another cool harmony guitar thing. And just a final grunt again to uh, see us out. Nice. No, no radio static or anything at the end of this one. There was enough at the beginning.
0: Hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, anything more to add or? No, you've pretty much covered it. The only thing would be that Toro, for those of you that aren't sure, and I wasn't sure, is actually a tequila. Mm. So yeah, here here it comes back into our. They're talking a lot about drugs and alcohol on this on this record. Without actually, like, outwardly talking about it.
1: We'll review the various booze mentioned in uh, in songs. It's a new segment. We're on a bonus on.
0: bonus episode.
1: Bonus episode, <laughs> we're yeah. We're going
0: to do everything that they suggest. Uh, All in one hit. Yeah. And then try and record a podcast episode. In the middle of the desert
1: in California. hmm No one knows. Track two. Man, this song was everywhere when it came out. I think the only music video I've seen more than this is Tenacious D's Tribute. Uh (laughs) Not (laughs) Wonderboy? So, no, this got played more than that. Possibly go with the flow, but I think this was probably more popular and it was, you know, it was a good video.
0: Oh, this is definitely the signature song of the band.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: they're, They're desperately trying to outrun this song.
1: Yeah. Well this was their breakout single. Like they had some some success, you know, like minor success or you know, with things like Feel Good hit in the Summer and Monster in the Parasol and things like that. Um Lost Heart of Keeping the Secret was probably their biggest yeah. song before this. man, this blew up. Yeah. We've talked we've talked about how Kerrang used to have, you know, the the people would phone in and say, you know, what video they want people to put. Mm. And this would have made Kerrang a lot of money. I'm sure they were very happy. Yeah. So yeah. Song starts, a couple of stabs, and then straight into the riff. You all know the riff. Yeah. We don't even have to play a clip of the riff. You know the riff. Even if you've never listened to a, like any other Queens of the Stone Age, you've heard this song. Do you know what's so bad
0: about this, though? Bad in a good way, like Michael Jackson bad. Or uh, can, can you say that anymore?
1: It's Michael Jackson bad like the album, not like the man. There we go. <laughs> in the mirror.
0: Yeah. It's like so stupidly simple, though, the riff. It's so stupidly just... I know. Like your pentatonic... Beep, 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 beep. But what makes this so good is actually, I'm going to just throw it out there, the drumming. The yeah. The little like, tip-off on the snare. Uh, sorry, mm. on the hi-hat
1: yeah <laughs> <And> there's, <laughs> there's like little variations that they throw in to keep it fresh as well
0: that's another thing I had written down where it's like the riff and harmonics that they use continually morph I don't think they actually stay the same
1: those no little, I don't think they repeat little, uh, any little, little four bars little yeah things yeah and obviously they've got that cool thing where you strum behind the, the nut on your guitar and when you do it live and you pull it off, you look badass. But when you accidentally miss the thing and you knock your pick out of your hand, you look like a twat. <laughs> <laughs> we've all done it. Yep. Um, and then we've all promptly vowed never to do it again. Oh, I still do Until it. you've practiced it at home yeah. like a million times to get it right.
0: I've watched you know? way too many Adrian Blue videos to not do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so first, very simple, there's that. Outside of like that, I think there's like three chords in it, mm. and most of them is that first chord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, most of it's just like a little run up to give it some movement. The bass is just that kind of umpar kind of bass, which I think is the best kind of bass line.
0: Yeah, it's not quite the the generic one that you do for everything though. The boom.
1: Oh, it's not quite. Boom. Boom.
0: Boom. boom, boom. Yeah. Boom.
1: Yeah, but that's, you know, you can't go wrong with that bass yeah. line. It's iconic. But he's just Everyone doing octaves, right?
0: But, but,
1: but, but, but. but yeah, it's just really simple. And I once again, that's possibly why, I mean, all of that, let's be frank, a lot of their songs are actually quite simple. Mm. That's, that's kind of the point. But I do think that sort of lends itself to, you know, it's easy to listen to and mm. it's easy to sing along to. Oh, yeah. And it's easy to, you know to get caught in your head.
0: Although it's deceptively difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not like you, you couldn't just pick up a guitar on your first try and, and play it. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not something you're going to spend years trying to perfect. It's not like Cliffs of Dover.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Let's like, not mention that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is it is that song of like, we, we tried it when I was in high school in one of my bands. And it's, I didn't realise there's so many chords in the chorus. Still
1: simple. It's like do 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 do. You know, yeah. I'm the devil. I love metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, when you're trying to play it to speed, it just well becomes when you're a trying to play more... it and
0: sing it at the same time, mm.
1: that is difficult. Yeah, it becomes a lot
0: because it's two contrasting rhythms. Verse has got a great whisper track too.
1: That's what I was going to say next. Yeah. yeah, whispered vocal kind of just highlighting. <laughs>
0: Very doorsy. I always relate yeah. the whisper back to the doors. The Riders, yeah, Riders on the Storm has got a full whisper track to it. And really like, you've got to listen to mm. it. Once once you hear it, it's one of those things. Once you hear it for the first time, you can never not hear it again. Mm. And it's 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 what adds that kind of sinisterness to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Mm. Um so Dave Grohl went very hard on the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> That's once again like the chorus, like the guitar lines are quite, we've, which we've just discussed, are quite cool. And they're, they're, you know, doing that cool ascending thing before going into like the big meaty. Mm. But um, man, Dave Grohl. <laughs> and hats off to the way they recorded those drums because they do sound absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Although it might be a good point. Uh, to raise now, they sound phenomenal on this song and a couple of the other songs. And then there's other songs where they actually just sound piss poor. <laughs> no, it's not to say that they sound bad. It's all in comparison to like this. This is like the pinnacle of drum recording almost mm. with how good these drums sound. And then you'd think if you can get it that good for this song, it should be that good for every other song. But there's a couple of songs on, on the record later down the line that are just like, oh, they
1: really dropped but the But would this drum sound work on every song on the album? That's, you know, a, mm-hmm. not every drum sound works in every situation. But we'll get to those. We'll get to those and we'll discuss them. Because I think I know which track. Possibly. Well, there's one specifically which um, has a very different drum sound to the others, and I think I know which one you mean. But we'll, um, we'll get to that. Yep. Second verse. Harmonized ooze. Oh, yeah, and they're very haunting. Yeah. turn me through the desert. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I always feel like I overuse that word because it's like whenever I hear anybody talk about Johnny Marr's guitar playing, it's like the oh. haunting melodies of Johnny Marr.
1: The jangling. It's like some keys. It's like... Yeah. It's like... <laughs> there you go. That's Johnny Marr's guitar.
0: Johnny Mars signature <laughs> jazz master.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like. If you played one, yeah. Um, bridge solo, bass tone, great.
0: Best on the album. Well, the bridge is another heavy hitter. The bridge is incredible. Mm. And then when it goes into that little bass vamp, the boom, bam, bam, boom.
1: Yeah, the umpire yeah. bass vamp. Love yeah. it.
0: I think yeah. I think that's an incredible bass tone.
1: Yeah, great. I mean, the solo's not the best solo on this album, but it's it's fine. Sounds good. It's got. The, um, I do like the strings that build up mm-hmm. as it's going on, and it just you know becomes very um, it's almost like a day in the life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. brings a lot of tension to it which is really cool yeah. um final verse is kind of it's just a, the final verse is very much like the second one it's got the ooze and the
0: although the band only re-enter after the first lyric phrase
1: ah yes that's right they yeah do so that it's old yeah one lot of thing above the nut again yeah back exactly. yeah you know Heaven's It's the guitar equivalent of the grunt.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll second that, actually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, always appropriate, but at the same time, very cliched. And can be overused. It's very easy to overuse. We've all done it.
0: Yeah,
1: Right, we get a DJ outro on this one from Alan. Alan! Being, I can't remember what the name of this DJ is. I didn't write it down and once again uh, this is the first I I mentioned this earlier but because I know I had it in my notes somewhere this is where I first mention about uh, thank you for putting it at the end yeah seriously I I cannot stress it enough
0: I didn't even I didn't even click until you said it
1: Uh, Millionaire was by far the most annoying one to listen to multiple times because I kept having to skip like 30-40 seconds in because everything else you might get a little bit of the DJ like in the first second yeah but who cares (laughs) All right, track three. First, it giveth. Kind of a bastardization of of the phrase. The Lord hath giveth, and the Lord hath taketh away. Once again, great bass tone. Mm. I don't know if it's as good as the other one, but it is absolutely great. And possibly the only time in the world ever that a tambourine has sounded cool. So there's a tambourine pan to one of the ears, and it's actually not just doing the standard tambourine, you know, the old... uh, it's not just doing that it's actually following the rhythm of the uh, the guitar riff or the bass riff right
0: um,
1: and it just sounds really cool especially with the it sits really nicely with the drums and the cymbals in particular
0: I'd never even picked it out
1: no neither did I until I was listening to it and I was like there's something in the left ear doing something else that? that was a tambourine oh, yeah. okay cool
0: well, before we go any deeper, I just want to point out this is my least favorite track, pretty much, of the record, if not from the band themselves.
1: Oh no, they've done worse. They've done much worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 but this yeah. this song I've always I've always despised.
1: That's fair enough. I find
0: it whingy. I find it um well, especially I think the biggest mistake is having it immediately after no one knows. Because yeah. yeah, this is a single. Yes, this is probably better than some of the other songs on the on the album, but having it backed up from no one knows, any songs at a disadvantage.
1: That's fair enough. Um well the song itself, the say bass sounds great. It's quite another quite simple one. It's just four notes. The guitar just follows the bass. There are some cool whispered vocals. Mm-hmm. Once again, kind of pushing you into the whole, you know, because this song's about drugs, isn't it? Surprise, just, surprise. They're all about drugs. Yeah. So the thing's like, take it. You must take it. It's yours. Don't. Yeah. Me so yeah, the, I quite like the little whispered vocals kind of prompting you, pushing you into doing stuff. I do not take it. Once again, more harmony, just harmonizing with that, with that one line, mm-hmm. because obviously. Again, I really like the drums in the chorus. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I was going to say, it feels like there's a there's a metric shift between the verse and the chorus, but I think it's actually just the placement of the backbeat. First it, give it that, take it
1: away. I get what you mean. It kind of feels like it's... Um...
0: You're in an odd time signature in the verse, but then you switch to 4-4 for the chorus. But I think it's I think, actually just not. where he's placing that backbeat on snare. Because, you know,
1: the man's great. He's, he's damn good at what he does. <laughs> I don't know where they dug Dave Grohl up, but um, man, he's pretty good. Yeah. There's a nice little bit of flamenco guitars, just like as a pre-verse, uh, pre-verse, post-chorus sort of thing, courtesy of Alan. Alan! Who, as I said, was the DJ for this one. So nice little touch there. Once I heard it, and I, this really annoyed me because once I've heard it, I couldn't not hear it. That little refrain bit with the with the flamenco guitar stuff sounds a bit like love, uh, like I love you by uh, JT. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <on. laughs> I mean, It doesn't really. It's just the flamenco guitar, but it's got a very similar feel to it for me. And there's not really much more to this song. It's just a, the second chorus just loops until it ends.
0: Yeah, they they harmonise the vocals.
1: Yeah, just keep, once again, just to give it a little bit of movement. Yep. And, and then
0: the final chorus is also some harmonic development in the chorus, where they they actually change the chord sequence. Mm. And then I like the ending because it would be way too tempted to just leave it on a rung out tonic chord, mm. but instead they keep it really really tight.
1: Good stuff. There we go. Good stuff. Next is seriously a contender for best intro of all time. It's <laughs> up there. We we constantly are I don't know if quoting is the right word, but quoting the drums from this.
0: Yeah. You know. I
1: remember I
0: was I was introduced to this song by my drummer in that band. Cause he he was not happy about playing No One Knows, I believe. BST, Big Sammy T. And yeah. um he Was he was always just like we should do song for the dead instead, man? Come on, and I was like, I don't know what it is. And he showed me how to play it on the guitar and just said, Just keep doing this, boom, double, boom, double, boom, double, boom, and then just sat behind my drum kit and proceeded to just like floor me with the bottom, but bottom, oh, it was so good.
1: <laughs> A simple riff as well. Oh yeah, and it's just so cool.
0: But man, that guitar tone is incredible. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's the first track with Lanagan on the vocals. This is yeah. To me, this just feels like peak desert rock. This is yeah. If you wanted an example of it, this is what I would play to someone. Because it's kind of got uh, almost psyche kind of elements to it throughout and it's got the repeating simple phrasing and it's just, it, yeah, peak desert rock. Something that does annoy me a little bit is the way it does in parts of it, the drums have been panned. <laughs> but that's just, a, that's just a purely, I don't like hard panning on drums and there is some hard panning on the drums in this one.
0: You don't need to, You don't need to hard pan the drums. They should mainly be coming up the middle, right?
1: Well, I mean, there's a whole, it depends. So sometimes like you'll hard, hard pan your overheads and then you might have to snare slightly off-centre and things like that. But I guess if you can't get this to sit right in a, in a mix, in a, at least out of those monitors, then sometimes panning something can make it stand out a lot more. But it's just something about hard pan drums in headphones that so just makes, makes me angry. Yeah. But other than that, great. Mm. I am a big fan, though, of the two guitars doing, like, the trading licks. Oh, yes. So, I'm feeling kind of like a a negative sandwich. So, a negative thing, a good thing, a negative thing. The way, the kind of wailing of the dead that they've got going on in the verse is maybe a little bit too much, but it does leak nicely into the chorus. Yeah. So no, I can, I can, I can understand sort that. of let it slide, but it just feels a little bit, like, tacky. Yeah. But and then again, I guess it's a song for the dead, so it's what they're going for, right?
0: mm Well, I've got the, um, I like the guitar solo. We've got the dead stops in the guitar solo, which Uh, is pretty cool.
1: Like the the duelling Hendrix solos. Oh,
0: well, well. wow. Dueling Hendrix, but I say duelling.
1: Oh, yeah. I was thinking more that like that fuzz tone. Oh yeah, you know, that well, spitty no, fuzz tone is like, and it's, yeah, all the fuzzy bluesy goodness yeah. and that sh- that harmonized section. I'll I'll grant grant you is very yeah. very Eagles. And it's like so cool. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, <laughs> any any harmonized guitar solo, and or trade off guitar solo is pretty epic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or once again, both. Yeah, trade off, and then come in together for a nice harmony. Oh, and yeah. then
0: stick that landing. Yeah. The drums at the end are just like Grohl in beast mode. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 You know, which is exactly what it needs. Yep. Normally I say that people go too hard for something, but no. No. No, it went the right amount of hard.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that Dave Grohl, you know, you want him to be going hard, right, on the drums. It's what he does best. More or less, yeah. With his big, fat tom-toms.
1: Yeah, Yeah. basically kick drums. (laughs)
0: Basically, yeah, basically timpanis. Man, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. For me though, this track, despite the introduction and how awesome that is, feels a little bit undercooked. I just, I don't think there's like any kind of real chorus to it.
1: No, there's just that. Once again, that wailing and yeah,
0: and it's just, it's just so reliant on that awesome introduction to kind of see you through.
1: I'm not a big sure. I'm a big fan of Mr. Lanigan's voice in this one.
0: I didn't even realize that anybody but Josh Homme sang on these songs oh, right. until until we started doing the uh, thingy. It's fair enough. Research, yeah, that's
1: that's fair enough. Uh, the only thing I've got written down is about the bass line under the guitar solo is just really cool. You know, it's not just like doing some chords or the normal stuff. It's like a, just a cool line. Mm. Yeah so ending Dave Grohl going hard it's basically just the intro but on steroids yep. and it's great another full stop mm. Dave brings us back in with a hey hey <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, sky's falling. Okay, sky's falling. We're moving it on, unless you've got more to add. No, no. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move swiftly on. The sky is falling. More subdued after everything we've had so far. It's good just to have a little bit of a, a sit back, mm-hmm. and it's kind of got a swung six four thing going on in this one. Yep, it's six um, eight. Quite cool. Six eight or six four depends. You can mm. count it. I've counted it both ways, and it. I guess it depends if you want to do the ants um all right it's kind of almost got a quite a trippy vibe to it yeah I said the
0: introduction's very trippy
1: yeah it's the, I think it's the toms and that guitar part is just very and the the whole thing, but I think yeah. the Toms in particular is kind of what takes it in that direction. This isn't probably not my favourite song on the album. It's, I just find it a bit. I'm not sure "boring" is the right word, but compared to the rest of the album, it just is a bit boring. Yeah, I think.
0: Well, comparatively speaking, we've just gone yeah. from you know four very hard-up songs into a kind of. I don't know, a pseudo 60s kind of
1: yeah, kind of thing. The sky is falling, the
0: but this I could actually see being a Hendrix tune.
1: Yeah, actually. I could see that. Yeah. There there are some nice melodies and stuff that they have going on throughout, but it just doesn't really do it for me very much except from the bridge. Quite a big fan of the bridge, but yeah, this is a track that normally I'll just sort of—I I won't necessarily skip it, but I just won't pay it much mind while it's on. Yeah, and that's kind of all I've really got to say about it. Have you got like anything proper to say, or are well, you sort of on the same same? Pretty boat much the same.
0: Like, there's a trippy introduction. It turns into a bit of a straight-ahead rocker after the introduction. Yeah. Some great harmonic movement in the verse and there's a memorable chorus melody so you know my lack of notes Mm. there pretty much sums up
1: yeah exactly we get some cool radio more radio shenanigans at the end Mm mhm
0: DL Kirtle 109. We spoil music for everyone. Shut up, you little brat. Oh.
1: And then that's sort of it. Into the shortest track on the album, Six Shooter. Yep. Boom. Yeah, Far and Away, the shortest song on the album. About a third of it has got that filter back on it again. Yep. <sighs> So it's like 1 minute 20 and about 30 seconds of it is... Uh, we've got Oliveri screaming away. <laughs> uh, just just doing his thing. Yeah. Apparently, when this was played on the radio, they apparently really had radio play for this. They um, censored it with just loud bleeps. Over the vocals. So instead of like um, re recording them or just fading the vocals down, they just put the loud bleeps over the t- entire track. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Weird. It's like, like, that's pretty funny. Um, Dean Ween. Yep. Have you got a different one of those for everyone he's on? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would, you, would nice. you
1: feel the same if I didn't? No, oh, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's not really too much to say about it. It's just sure high energy, some really cool guitar noodles. It sounds like over the top. Yeah. It's like they said like Dean guitar. We've got this track just do something over the top. He's like, "All
0: right. Yeah, I've I've quite literally <laughs> just said Oliveri, lead vocals again. Short song, Dean Wayne.
1: short notes for a short song yep um, Hangin' Tree Hangin' Tree track seven we're blasting through we're halfway through Oi. another bass intro <laughs> I count this as being in 5-4 I I don't know because it's like, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2. It's definitely 5, 4. Yeah. And there's some wrong, in which case it's not definitely 5, 4. But I count it as 5, 4. Once again, this is Alan's Alan. Ebo song. Mm-hmm. He does... Kind of go quite seamlessly because it's that first bit's definitely not an ebo. That first bit's definitely picked. Right. Um, It does go quite seamlessly between the picking and the ebo. And they've managed to kind of keep it from sounding soft. Normally, ebos are quite soft, aren't they? They're not abrasive. They can be, but that's not the concept. It's not how most people use them. What do you mean? Well, normally you. I know I kind of associate them with kind of almost like swells and ambience and things like that. Right. Okay. I don't associate it with.
0: Just long. Abrasive sustained. lines.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And things like that. So he's you no, know, he's probably caught it on like the harmonic mode rather than the, the normal mode, and that probably gives it a little bit of something, which is pretty cool. Um mm. and I guess, yeah, it just helps it to cut through, makes it a little bit more piercing and stuff, I guess. I don't know. They've got that cool thing that I like where the guitar just does the same thing while the bass changes notes. Yep. We do like that. I we're big fans of that sort of thing and in the chorus it's got almost kind of like a weird it's, it's a really really odd guitar sound it's very very cutting but very staccato-y as well isn't it it's very yeah. um, what's the word um, stabby stabby yeah stabby will do that's that's a good one solo um,
0: got that classic wah tone suck
1: yeah it's uh, so you can yeah, hear you can true. almost hear him
0: clicking on the wah
1: yeah yeah absolutely I do like how the solo isn't just over like a chord progression. It's over like another cool guitar line, mm, mm. which is harder to do than you'd think. Because um, obviously some, you get like clashing stuff and things like that. And, and and egos, let's be frank, you get egos. So if you're playing the lead line, it's your turn to shine. You shut up and you're going to play all the cowboy chords.
0: <laughs> no, you can't arpeggiate them. No, I'm down you know. at the Dusty Nick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of just like your basic song structure, isn't it? Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, double chorus, solo, chorus, chorus. outro. It's it's a good song. There's just not much to it. Yep. It's like I I don't hate it. It's not like with Sky is Falling. Mm. It's not like boring. Like I, I quite like listening to this, but it's just there isn't a lot going on. We're definitely
0: in the mid-album slump.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of a of a dip, and then. And I kind of, I don't know if I prefer that to front-loading an album, you know, because it definitely, the back half of this album definitely picks up again, doesn't it? Mm. There's some absolute great stuff in the second half. Yeah. But it can make the middle a little bit, because it's not like they're bad songs, it's just that they are the worst songs on the
0: album. We were talking about this with Graham for the U2 episode, and they... Not necessarily front loaded, but the first five songs, if that was on that record, if it was an EP, that would be one of the best EPs ever made. There's five Mm. like incredible, incredible songs followed by some kind of meandering nonsense. But it's that thing of like, you know, it's not necessarily that the other songs on the U2 record are bad, Mm. but when you hold them up to the songs that precede them, they just don't stand a chance and this is i'm mm. getting similar vibes from this album
1: yeah you know certainly i say certainly with these kind of middle songs we do get some great stuff mm. coming up um but yeah i guess what you do in that instance you can't you know not every song it can be
0: i'd cut a couple personally better than
1: the next it is a long album 14 well, it's songs it's not a long album it's it's a lot of tracks usually what most of the albums we're doing at the
0: moment is twelve.
1: Plus, this has like two bonus songs.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and a super secret bonus song.
0: Well, exactly.
1: Oh well, well let's let's move on then mm-hmm. to um, out of the slump. Yeah, and absolutely. into
0: back into the top ten percent.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Was
0: this their second single? I feel like this was the second single. Go with the flow. I don't know what the orders were of the singles were, but this was definitely a single.
1: It had a cool video, uh, yeah. black and red. With was it? Was it like rotoscoped? Like, I'm not sure how it was. I don't it was like know. An animated I thought thing, it was just it?
0: animation, and like they're they're like silhouettes, but you can see their eyes. Mm. Yeah,
1: the whites of their eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's let's just jump straight in. Uh, they've got the cool classic plinky plink piano just doing the constant mm-hmm. chord, which uh, once again I'm a fan of. Probably not as big a fan as that as I am about the guitar staying the same while the other stuff changes. But yeah. I am a fan of a plinky piano. Yeah, it's easily my third favorite thing after vibra slap and cowbell.
0: Well, we all know who does Plinky Piano best, though.
1: It fills me with extraordinary party pleasure to be partying right here. Obviously. Obviously, Andrew is the king. He invented the Plinky Piano.
0: What's funny is his Plinky Piano is so out of place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but we've got weird, weird kind of robotic vocals, heavy guitars, big drums, Plinky Piano.
0: Yeah. Just so bizarre. (laughs) Oh, and that also ties back to Dave Grohl as well,
1: FYI. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. because he fathered Andrew W.K. Illegitimately. After, illegitimately, yeah. yeah, at a party on the Coachella party bus, and then that's where Andrew lived his life growing up.
0: Yeah. No wonder he <laughs> likes partying so much. It's the only time yeah. he sees his dad.
1: Well, speaking of Coachella, obviously uh, that wouldn't have been too far probably from where they recorded this, so... uh Maybe they got him in to play the Plinky Piano as a uh, uncredited appearance. Who knows? Um, lead guitar melody. That's really good. Yeah. And the, the, the sound is really good. And what I quite like is the rhythm uh, guitar and the bass just keep on going. Yep. Keep on plowing through steady, 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 despite, you know, the drums not really doing that. Kind of choppy, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Well, if you listen, the drums are going constantly with the kick goes in between the da-ga da. I da, can Yeah. But yeah, like it would have, like anyone else would have done da na, na, na da 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 na, yeah, na, 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 na Exactly. But that wouldn't have been as good. No. Um, no, I agree with that. And I think just powering through it is is kind of really helps to make the song. You do run into problems doing stuff like that because obviously they don't have any massive dynamic shift in that sense for the chorus. Mm -hmm. The drums become a little bit more full on and that lead guitar line becomes this really lovely swell, this guitar swell, Mm. which sort of is how they get about it. So, and and the drum drum groove changes, doesn't it? And that's that's sort of the the thing. And, And... they follow that drum groove a bit more as well. That's the other thing. Rather than just being relenting, unrelenting, they give it a bit more space and follow the groove. And it just, yeah, it's, it's just cool. The Once again, it's a very simple song. Mm-hmm. Verse, chorus, verse. Re- repeat the chorus until the end.
0: Yep. <laughs> with some nice O's at the end
1: yeah a few ooze and we we get I think it's like a tremolo picked line if it was me or well if it was Girth playing it it would have been tremolo picked Oof. but it's kind of hard to tell with the guitar tone whether or not it's tremolo picked or whether the Ebo's back or something or in, mm. that's
0: um, a good
1: point but it's it's just cool mm. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of all I've got to say. I mean, it's it's not we're not pushing the the boat out or, you know, pushing the boundaries of yeah. music as art or anything with this. It's just hard rock and fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's there's moments on this record of them kind of asserting a bit of musical theory and dominance yeah. like that, you know, and pushing the
1: music forward. But yeah. Yeah. They're that's, they're only moments. Fair. So yeah, anything more to add or you no, sir. You sort of done with that excellent stuff? Right, well, next track is track nine, Gonna Leave You. Dean, mother flipping ween. Uh, he's
0: back. He's back. And this may as well just be a ween song, actually.
1: Man, yeah. I mean, I haven't written that, but I've just got. it's got a very different feel to more or less the rest of the album, yeah. uh, especially in the verses. It's kind of got like a 90s, like, Riot Girl sort of feel to it with um, right. this kind of trashy-sounding bass and the guitar. It's just like, if you had that guitar in isolation, that's going to sound awful. <laughs> but with everything else, it just kind of sits nicely over the top, of, especially over that second guitar as well. Yeah. Mm. It's got another great lead line. It's just so catchy. You've got the the ooze in the chorus, which are really nice. Second guitar. Uh, so I'm assuming Dean Ween's guitar is such a thin tone in the chorus. It's kind of hard to tell. You know, he does like a guitar slide thing. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell whether or not he goes back into playing the chords between the slides or or not. I, I think he does, but it was really hard to try and pick it out. Right. Which isn't you know. It's not a good or a bad thing. Mm. I I mean it does mean that if you're not really losing out on the body of the sound if he's not. But it just gives it that little bit of and I, I think it does go back over because it just gives that little bit extra ooh. Yeah. When he does. Leave, it- yeah. And that's kind of all of the notes I've got for this one. Oliveri's singing singing the lead. Oh yeah, Oliver yeah, Oliveri's singing this one. Um, I think actually singing.
0: Yeah. Is this the last of his lead singing on the record?
1: Um no, it's not. He also sings on another love song. There we go. Thank um, you. <laughs> that's right, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So that's that sort of it. Or if you got more to add no, or
0: that's it. My notes get very thin.
1: Yeah, so do mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh in fact, Speaking of another love song, I don't think I've actually made any notes for it. It's fine; we'll make it up as I go. All right. But yeah, this is possibly one of my favourite songs in the album. What? Gunna I Lazy? just love that. Kid. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it is. Uh, we'll get to this later. But um, I just really love how different it is.
0: Well, you do love Wayne as well.
1: I do love Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Ween, we should do that album again. We should definitely do it again. Good takeaway. So do it again. Um... <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> Is that the wrong song? Um, Have I got the wrong song? No, that was the right one. That was the yeah, right. One. That was the right one. It's just I hadn't thought about ah. Steely Dan. <laughs> That's okay.
0: So That's not great. Steely Dan though. That was that was actually Queens of the Stone Age.
1: Oh really? Oh that was that was a clip of this song. Yeah yeah. This song it I've been trying to put my finger on it, it reminds me of something. Muse. Is
0: that it? Is that it? I think it might be Muse. Oh, only notes for this song is just like i'm getting muse vibes i'm getting super strong resistance era muse vibes here i think muse have
1: ripped this song off it's that bass line and bass sound and the haze
0: (laughs) and there's the kind of
1: the skip in the beat as well the kind of (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah that's been annoying me for about eight nine, ten days. Cool. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I, <laughs> I helped.
0: I was actually meant to get clips for you to help you out there.
1: Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Thank you. But yeah.
0: Um I don't I don't dislike this song. I
1: just find it a bit forgettable.
0: I don't think this song
1: has any place on this album. Yeah, it's got an all right hook in the chorus and the bassline's alright.
0: Like you say, everything else is so kind of dirty and deserty,
1: and this is like football chance. They could definitely have cut this one out. Um, yeah. It's got a mid late. It's it's a thing that's in the song.
0: I don't like anything about that song at all.
1: Uh, in fact, we're going to do what they should have done and just cut yeah. it. This is Tom Sherman. Down here at Banning College, we're up. We're promoting a blood drop. Oh, shit. God is in the radio, track 11. Oh,
0: Before you start, I was expecting it to be this. God is in my house. I wish you would come out. God is in my... Radio. <laughs>
1: um, that's not what I thought. No? No, I thought this sounds a it kind of feels like a slower and less fun version of Spirit in the Sky. Oh
0: quick segue. Have you ever heard a good cover version of Spirit in the
1: Sky? Gareth Gates. No. Um no, <laughs> no, I've never don't. heard a good cover version of Spirit yeah, the in the Ralph Sky. The Ralph
0: Report was saying a couple of weeks ago, just don't, this, they, they're they almost coming up and I thought this would be a good top 10 for us. Uncoverable songs.
1: Uncoverable songs.
0: And Spirit um, in the Sky, has just it's like any anybody I've ever heard try and play that song has never never done it justice.
1: I think there are certain songs that are so iconic to a certain person, it's just like, so that's going to be that will be that
0: one. Oh, but, you know, like. to be fair, like, you can go to a pub and hear a pub band doing a good uh, good rendition of Hotel California. You can hear a good New York, New York in any, like, karaoke bar. But Spirit in the Sky is just something else.
1: Dad, you ready? Hold on, hold on. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's something we should uh, look into. Mm. But not right now. No. Um, So this one is very 70s psych rock, I think, Mm -hmm. especially the the breakdown section going into like the big fuzzy guitar solo. Yep. There is a bit where it's like I couldn't tell if it was like a super distorted organ or a very fuzzy guitar in the second verse, I think. I'm assuming it's a guitar. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if not there was organ on this track or not. I'd have to go back and look at who played on what. In fact, let's have a look now. Number 11.
0: Well, whilst you're there, Wikipedia says that uh, Lanigan is singing this song. But uh, I feel like I can hear Homie singing it too.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. Mm. It sounds very... You can tell when you know it's Lanigan. You can kind of tell it's Lanigan. But you can hear Mr. Uh, Mister Homie in there mm. as well.
0: Mr. Homie. Joshua Homie. Yeah. yeah. I really like the swing riff, but the bass is straight, which is actually quite a nice kind of like counterpoint. Hmm. Yeah. Although, I mean, to be fair, he might be swinging on the base, but it's just
1: crotchets. So it gives the illusion of straight. Of straight, yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, and that's sort of all I've, I've got for this one.
0: Oh, don't forget the fake-out ending.
1: Oh, the fake-out ending, yeah, that's, that's very true. Fake-out, fade-out, as I called it. Yeah, the um, well, that was yeah the, the kind of mid late section where it kind of goes very. I'd say it's a psych rock thing though, isn't it? Yeah. You just bring it all right down, right down. Yeah. It's just tiny little drums and then the organs there just doing like a couple of like holding one note forever and then big fuzzy guitar.
0: I've just got a pub a flashback. All of those, all of those great tricks he was showing us.
1: Mm. Yeah, and he stole them all from Edgar Winter. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, There's some awesome stops in the chorus as well. And then just the kind of ambient ending. Yeah, love it.
1: stuff cool stuff right we're cracking on people mm. it's track 12 it's another love song as mentioned previously I don't think I've got any notes for this one okay but I apart from the fact I think this is the one that you don't like the drums on
0: yes this is yeah. well done well done I, uh, I had that's to read not in through my, my notes, notes.
1: quick scan through my notes there but I remember it, it being very different yeah. to the rest of the album it's a lot um thinner yeah Just they just don't pack any punch yeah.
0: at all Oliver
1: is singing the lead vocals. It neither does the rest of it, though. The guitars don't. The bass doesn't really. It's all quite. I don't know what's the word. Understated. Well, thin. <laughs>
0: We've got uh, Natasha Schneider. I don't know. There's no C in there in her last name. So it's kind of like Schneider. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I feel her actual name. I, I, now I looked that up on Google. Her actual name is like Schneiderman with the C. So I'm guessing that she is going for the whole like Schneider.
1: Hmm. Was she the person who did the um, radio DJ at the end of this one?
0: Well, I don't know, but she's playing the guitars with Ellen Johannes. Ellen! Yeah. And there's some awesome panning on the guitars.
1: There is. And there there are just some really cool, yeah, there's some really cool lines as well. Yeah. But that's all I
0: got. This is W-O-M-B, The
1: Womb. So, Okay, uh, this was another... Was there organ on this one or was it, was it just the guitars? Because once again, I think I couldn't tell. I mean, it, she does say she plays organ and it just mentions tracks that she's on. So she might well have played organ as well as a guitar on it. Possibly, um, yeah. it does sound like there's one in there.
0: Here is something you should drop to your knees for and worship. But you are too stupid to realise yourselves.
1: All right, all right. We're getting through. All right, all right, all right. Song for the deaf. Oh, boy, I usually only get this excited when they say the title of a movie in the movie. (laughs) There it is. Ah, ah, He said it. He said it. So I don't have a lot of notes on this one. In fact, I've got virtually no notes on this one because um, I was going to write them the other day and then I got sidetracked and I didn't. And then that kept happening, basically. Um, (laughs) This is like the only one...
0: All good. I've got you covered. I've got you covered. Are you ready? Mm.
1: Oh boy, I usually only get this excited when they say the title of a movie in the movie.
0: Songs for the
1: Deaf. Yeah, yeah, there it is, there it is.
0: Songs for the (laughs) Deaf.
1: Yeah, yeah, he said it, he said it.
0: Another killer riff. Mm. An iconic chorus. I got More hits after the second chorus. Do like that. Another harmony solo.
1: Ah, yeah. Harmony solo is... uh... Chef's Kiss
0: <laughs> Jeff's Kiss Jeff's Kiss uh, but the hidden song is the best part of the song <laughs> uh,
1: yeah.
0: except they've replaced all of the uh, all of the words with just maniacal laughter <laughs> maniacal laugh maniacal laugh maniacal laugh
1: that's what i was waiting for that's what i was waiting for there we go (laughs) yeah oh yeah um the only other thing i have noted is the um yeah the cool harmony guitar and the once again time signature depending how you count it's going to be three four or you might count it as six eight well there we go i counted it as three four Well, we've saved arguably the best till last Mosquito song. I mean, what a great way to close the album Mm. unless you're listening to the UK version that has a live version of The Lost Art of Keeping a Secret followed by a cover of Everybody's Going to Be Happy by the Kinks. But if you don't have that version, this is a great way to see out the album. Mm. So what starts with the 12-string guitar and the vocals? 12-string guitar playing the riff... It's kind of an ongoing riff throughout the thing. Well, not throughout the entire thing, I guess, later on. It's kind of dropped.
0: They drop it for the, I think,
1: the chorus. For the more, yeah. They just
0: start doing some chords and then they go back to it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it just sort of builds and builds and builds. So we get some accordion coming in, which they've done a cool um, thing. So they've obviously got two mics on it and one end they've hard panned to the left and then the other's still down the centre.
0: That's cool. Did you did you say that's the accordion? You could have a bumper car Bumping This amusement never ends I
1: wanna be your slash I mean... Everybody's favourite accordion player though, right? Everyone's favourite accordion player. I, I can't... I, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that you had a sting for accordion. Living off
0: moral time The clock ticks faster I'm just disappointed. Oh,
1: uh, give <laughs> <off>. <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm joking. Um... It, this builds up to being quite a, um, a cinematic, would that be the word? Yeah, Absolutely. quite cinematic. Absolutely, it does. You get these lovely piano parts going on and the, the strings and the, you get the military-esque drums and the horns. Oh, yeah. The
0: horns are menacing, like John Williams menacing.
1: Yeah, they yeah. they went went to town. Oh, they did good. Ah. They did. Du, 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 yeah, it's great. I do like acoustic guitar solo. Yep.
0: And a fairly tasteful acoustic guitar solo as well.
1: Yeah. You know? It's not like, you know, just going to shred like I would on a normal guitar. Yeah, exactly. acoustic, it's Because well, it sounds like it's a classical guitar as well. So,
0: Oh, I think it's definitely steel string. Is it? I have the feeling that you get that twang.
1: I don't know. I think it's just a classical with a pick.
0: Oh, maybe. Maybe.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it goes all this big, lovely stuff and then just brings it all right back down again mm. to just the... A 12-string, piano, accordion and a vocal. And then it just leaves it hanging. Just at the end. Mm. And Lovely. you forgot two things. Oh, what have I forgotten? Dean Ween's back for his third and final appearance. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention Dean Wien is playing guitar in this one. Yep. Is he on the 12 or is he on the acoustic?
0: I don't know. I don't know, it doesn't say. And the other thing you forgot to mention is oh boy! I usually only get this excited when they say the title of a movie in the movie. Lullabies. Except it's the next movie to paralyze. Yeah, so That's true. there you go. The ending, like you said, it just kind of sits there. They don't actually resolve the harmony.
1: Ah, no, they don't. That's do probably they, it. Yeah.
0: Leaves it on a bit of a bummer in that way, but it's actually kind of on
1: form that they do that. Straight, oddly enough, it'd be more disappointing to resolve it than not.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> a weird <laughs> dichotomy. So-
1: Alright, well that's that sees us through. We've we've kind of blasted through it, but um I'm hungry and I want to eat. <laughs> I'm very tired, yeah. Okay, so let's let's crack on then. So your favorite song? I've got two
0: and they're very contrasting. Can you guess them?
1: I'm gonna guess that they're the same as me. Mosquito and Millionaire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always liked the mosquito song. I I had one of those early iPod shuffles because I couldn't afford an actual iPod. Yeah. And so I didn't actually know I think I'd put this album on, but of course everything was played in Shuffle. So the song came on and I had no idea who it was and had to go back through my iTunes and find out and was like, Oh my god, that's Queens of the Stone Age. And mm. uh I think I even actually did this the Mosquito song as one of my performances for like GCSE.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: But I ain't worth a dollar is just killer, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's yeah. just
1: like Gets so pumped. Yeah, Um. it's probably a good
0: point to a good time to remind you that I stood in resident last week with this album and murder ballads by Nick Cave, and was just like there and just kind of going, I don't know what to pick. I went for murder ballads because it was cheaper.
1: Murder ballads is a great album, so you know, I don't think there's a wrong choice there. It's just, you know, it's like buying a dessert when sticky toffee pudding isn't on the menu. I mean, there isn't really a wrong choice um, <laughs> if sticky toffee is on the menu then that is the correct choice but if it's not then it's, it's fair game
0: fair enough fair enough
1: so who would you get to cover what
0: okay I've got a bit of a silly one
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, a serious more, more slightly more serious one which one okay. do you want to hear first
1: let's go with the uh, silly one
0: silly one you could have a No, I think, uh, in all seriousness, not not necessarily in a polka, polka style, but I think um, Weird Al would do a good mosquito song. Okay, you know, it's like like he did with the um, hmm, 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 of the Crash Test Dummies. You mm-hmm. know that kind of just ish. I think he'd do it. I think he'd do it well. The other cover because I was, I wasn't sure. I mean, there was all sorts of. Temptation to go like, oh, Caius or the Foo Fighters or, mm. you know, Screaming Trees, but no one knows. Covered by the Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Now
1: let me explain. No, no, okay. No, I, I think I can get this. Yeah. Um, but do, do explain. Okay. I explain. <laughs> I think I could get this, but do explain it anyway. Well, it's yeah. not, it's not just me, is it? There's people listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Might not
0: get it. Right, I forget about them sometimes. They're not showing us much <laughs> attention at the moment great bastards. Yeah, Josh Home. Joshua Homme produced Sucker and Sea, I think, which was their third album. Mm. So they've got that tangential connection, but they've also kind of since meeting Josh Home. Joshua Homme, Homus, Hobby, Joshua Homme, Homer, Home Slice, Homicide, Joshua Homme. Their music has become like rapidly more American, mm.
1: and it's an amazing.
0: Yeah thing, and I talk about this with students, because a lot of, um, when they're studying like indie rock, they always go for the Arctic Monkeys. And I talked to them about like, well, yeah, you know, nearly 20 years ago, the Arctic Monkeys were indie rock, but since they've, they've kind of switched over the Atlantic into alternative rock, which Mm. is like the American version, right? And uh, so from there, they've just become way more American, rather than these, like, four lads from Sheffield. Mm. And I think where they're at now in their career, they could do actually quite a cool version of No One Knows. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I, I agree with you. I think that's a good shout. Yeah. I can't remember what I had written down immediately, uh, originally, but as soon as I started talking about Spirit in the Sky, I knew I needed Norman Greenbaum to do uh, to do God is in the Radio.
0: God is in the House.
1: Yeah, God is in the House. Yeah. in the Place. Norman to a cover of that as well. Wow! Just because I think he could make it uh, a just you know a bit more fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think he would just absolutely nail those fuzz tones and things.
0: Oh yes! Yeah. Oh yes! Yeah. Obviously he would. Do you know the funny thing is, right? There's it's like a big gospel song about Jesus. Mm. He only included Jesus because he was trying to make a gospel selling sound sounding song. <laughs> he didn't actually <laughs> like believe any of the stuff he was talking about. Apparently, oh, allegedly.
1: Man who had to sell records. But. I think
0: that's what makes that song even more uncoverable because everybody takes it at face value. Oh, mm. oh, oh, or face value. And um you know, the because because everybody sings it like earnestly about Jesus and going to heaven, whereas he's just like chucking it out there going, I'm selling out big time, knowing I'm going <laughs> to hell
1: for this. Selling out to the Chrisos.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the uncoverable part of it, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Fair, fair. So have you got any similar album recommendations? Oh,
0: I do. I do.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: There's a band called Clutch and they've got an album called Psychic Warfare. Okay, nice. Very, very cool. Like Oliveri style, Queens of the Stone Age. I think you will really like the singer from Clutch if you haven't heard them. I think it might. Act, oh, X-ray visions, right? Check out the song X-ray visions, just for pure bombast and crazy. I mean, the first line of lyrics alone is just amazing. I'm not. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I just. I just know you'll have a good chuckle to yourself when you hear the first line of lyrics. You'll. You'll kind of enjoy it for the bombast.
1: Okay. I, have you got any others, or is that just? Is that your? That, your pick? That's my one. Yeah, it's your pick. I mean,
0: it was. It was always tempting for Caius and.
1: Yeah, I, I same thing. I've, I've kind of felt like that. I was tempted to go a bit Fu Manchu, but then I thought, oh, no, they're not really that similar. Yeah. So I've ended up picking um, Alarm by Deaf Radio. Oh, okay. Who are very much just like, we love you, Queens of the Stone Age from 2002. Let's make an album like you. Huh? And so they did. And it's a good album. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, final two. Top 10?
0: Yes. Although I think I might need to readjust where it, where it is currently.
1: Oh, fair enough. Having talked about it now. I've also put it into my top 10. I've put it in at number three. At number three? Or I will be putting it in number three. So what,
0: this above Pinkerton? Uh, yeah. Wow. I've put this actually at number four, and I'm wondering if I need to drop that down.
1: Oh, really? What is it displacing from number four? I can't remember what it kicks
0: out. I think...
1: Oh, no, it's not about what it kicks out, but what was number Um, four?
0: Number four was Sex and Food by UMO, Unknown Unknown Mortal Orchestra. It's a good album. It is a good album. But I'm just wondering, because because it has that lull, and, you know, albums like Matador, Force Field, they didn't have that lull in the middle. But they didn't have the peaks. But they didn't have the peaks, and that's why I put it in at number four, and that's why I'm going to keep it at number four. Because, because of those peaks, peaks
1: are worth the yeah I mean it's once again it's a lull comparatively true that's the thing to bear in mind true yeah uh, fair enough right well I think it's fairly obvious the answer to the next question but I will ask uh, is Queens of the Stone Ages Songs for the Death a sound purchase
0: not if you've got murder ballads for a couple of pounds <laughs> cheaper in your other hand <laughs> <laughs> but yes yes it's a, it's a fantastic album, and Millionaire alone is like... Yeah, if they didn't have the radio at the beginning, Millionaire would easily be in the conversation. Mm,
1: absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, I'm with you on that one. And yeah, same here, sound purchase. Go out and buy it now.
0: Okay, I am Stefan, and this was A Sound Purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. This episode was proudly produced by Robbie Mortimer. You can show your appreciation for this episode when you like us, review us, share us, and subscribe to us. Each engagement makes this effort all the more worthwhile. And the best way to grow this podcast is by word of mouth. Support is appreciated. Check the show notes and up-to-date top tens list and other musings at asoundpurchase.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle Pod. You can support us by getting yourself a Sound Purchase t-shirt, hoodie or mug by going to asoundpurchase.com forward slash shop. Other episodes of A Sound Purchase are available at all of your favourite podcast platforms. Why not subscribe to Be A Friend Of The Show, where you'll gain access to a hidden corridor of our website that contains exclusive blog posts, the Hall of top tens, special Friends Of The Show merchandise options, and a series of bonus pods. Subscribe now at asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. If you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, visit your local record store and pick up a copy of The Record. Support your local businesses and artists. You're listening to WANT, the High Desert Wonder Valley favourite radio station. It's been a good night
1: dave catching here not saying good night just saying